Good morning. How are we doing today? Horrible. Oh, no. Sammy, what happened? Josiah, you're bored. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I am so glad that you are here to help me then today because it is Christmas season. How many of you are so excited for Christmas? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, how many of you are excited for Christmas break? No school. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Aha. Uh -huh. We're praying, parents. We're praying. Well, friends, I have a question. What are some of the things that you love doing at Christmas? Do you have something? Opening presents. Opening presents. What about you? Uh, opening presents. Opening presents as well. Other traditions or things that we love? The Christmas tree. Doing the Christmas tree. Presents. Presents. Any other answers that haven't, Sammy? Ice skating. Oh, ice skating. I love it. Spending time with family. Oh, spending time with family. I love it. Getting presents. Getting fat? Getting presents. Oh, getting presents. <laughs> he said getting presents. I thought he said getting fat. I don't know. Sometimes it's the same thing. Also that. There's also that. Friends, can I tell you one of the things that I love doing at Christmas? Can you guess from the things that you are seeing? Baking. So it's one of those things that I just love doing at Christmas. And you know what is so important? Setting a timer. But sometimes we don't have oven timers that work. So we just do what we can. But we're going to do, oh, you know what else I love doing at Christmas? Sometimes I just want to make sure that everybody gets a present. And so sometimes I just run around with candy. Does anyone want some candy? Oh, good. I have, I have, here, can you? Here's a candy cane for you. Here's open. Stay seated. Stay seated. Stay seated. We're gonna stay seated. We are not. We are not mob people. Yes. Oh, yeah. If you're not allowed to eat a candy cane, don't don't take a candy cane. Here, can you help me? Go. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, can you? Oh, it's broken. Oh, we can cancel Christmas. We don't have to. That was a broken candy cane. Oh, we're staying seated. Can you hand them out to the people behind you? Hand it to the people behind you. Because sharing is caring, right? Sharing is caring. Guys, quick. We only have a couple. Levi, here you go. There we go. Sharing is caring. Can you pass it out to the people? Oh, my goodness. Wait. You know what else we do at Christmas? Here. Rao, can you help pass it out to the other people? Oh, my gosh. Okay, wait. Because we still have to bake, you guys. So I need someone's help. Can someone come help me, like, hold this bowl? Will someone come help me? Come help me hold this bowl. Just come on up. Ah! Oh, you know what else we have to do at Christmas? We have to, like, do the presents. I need someone to open bags. Can you help me open bags? Just, like, open. Come on. Come help me. Come on. Who else can help me? We need to open all of these bags. Come open the bags. And oh, oh, you're here, too. Okay, you know what we need to do? We need to stuff it. Can you, like, stuff the presents? Here, go ahead and stuff the presents. How many of you write Christmas cards? Do any of you write Christmas cards? Oh, yeah. Oh, we need to write a Christmas card. Who should I write one to? You. I'm going to do it. They're broken. We'll just open them up. We'll, we'll, I'll tape them. I'll tape them. It's fine. Oh, I forgot to start baking. 
thinking. We'll do the cards later. Okay, so you're holding this bowl for me, right? Who's holding a bowl? You're holding a bowl. Okay, so what do we, so can you hold this for me? Asher, okay. What else do we, guys, what else do we need for baking? Do you see? I'm missing my salt. Where's the salt? Oh, can you put some salt in the bowl? That would be fantastic. Oh, we also have this here. Put the bowl, put the bowl right here. Just a little bit. Did you open it? You didn't actually put any salt in. Salt is always important for baking. And then here, can you put some flour? We're gonna, guys, because we have a timer. The oven timer is on. Here, put some in, but everyone be careful. Otherwise it'll get all over you. Okay. Oh, I feel. I think we're running out of time, so. Okay, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna sit down. Good job, good job. We're gonna bake it right, oh, did, put some in, put some in. Just a little bit though. Okay, that's good, that's good. It's a dollar, that's a dollar. All right, we're sitting down. Oh, friends, sure, yeah, you can keep the bag. Sweethearts, how many of you, you didn't get a candy cane? Oh, a bag, thank you. Whew. How many for you is sometimes Christmas at home feel like this? None, because all of your parents are organized. Oh, it's just me. But friends, anyone out here? Honestly, does anyone sometimes feel rough? Thank you. Thank you for your witness. I see you. Jesus sees you. Thank you. Friends, sometimes at Christmas, things get really busy. There's parties, there's recitals, there's Christmas concerts, family are coming over. We're supposed to be cleaning up the house because guests are coming. We're trying to do all these things, maybe even going on vacation. And sometimes it can just feel like a mess. You know what? But, but one of the beautiful things about the messy time of Christmas is the good news that Jesus is with us. Amen? Can you say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Can you, big boys and girls, say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Because even in this mess, Jesus is here with us. And that's what I want you to remember, that even in this holiday time, whatever is happening to you, Jesus is with us. So I'm looking for someone to come pray, pray with me um, because I know, Raul, come on down. A lot of us are going to be gone during Christmas, and a lot of us just need prayer at this time. So would you pray for us? Thank you. Dear Jesus, Lord, thank you that you've given us this opportunity to celebrate your birth and that you came down to earth in the form of a human to spread the word about you, Lord. <clears throat> As Pastor Linda said, this Christmas might seem hectic and messy, Lord, but help us to really see the beauty in it. Help us to know the real reason why we're celebrating, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Presence. I invite you to close your eyes with me for a moment and think of someone you know who truly loves you. Let's take a moment now. I hope that gave you a warm feeling. I wonder, when you thought of your person, what did you see? Was it their hands, their walk, 
Was it their face? My prediction is that for most of us, we envisioned our loved one's face. As I reflect on Christmas, two faces in particular come to mind. The first face is framed by a halo of white hair, bearing a sweet smile with sparkling eyes the color of translucent blue glass. This is a face of my grandmother, now some nine Christmases gone. I called her Nanny, and Nanny had a remarkable way of just being with children. Before iOS apps were ever thought of, I had FaceTime with my nanny. She would plan into the business of our summer days a time to sit on the porch and visit, as she called it, over grape juice and graham crackers. With our faces turned toward one another in easy chatter, my wide brown eyes peering into her wise blue eyes, I knew that we were dear to one another. Presence. The second face belongs to my newborn granddaughter. During my daughter's high-risk pregnancy, she kept me well updated. I knew about baby's weekly growth and activity levels. I was even able to feel the baby's movement with my hands on my daughter's belly. And every week, or just every few weeks, a new sonogram photo would come. But it was not until four days after birth that I was able to see little Charlotte. I had just arrived in my daughter's hospital room when with a sudden knock on the door, the NICU nurse wheeled her little bed into the room. I had no idea that I would be so emotional about that first sighting. Such a unique little face, a little person in her own right was now among us, expanding our family and my heart. There is, since then, I have had several opportunities to gaze long and uninterruptedly into Charlotte's precious little face. There is nothing like being face to face, especially after long anticipation. Presence. The Hebrew word for presence, paneka, actually literally means face. For years, blinded by sin, the human race could not see God's face. Distanced, though still deeply loved, we awaited God's presence and sought his face. Then at last, a baby. God took a human face, and we beheld his glory. The light of the glory of God shining for us in the face of Jesus. Jesus is the face of God to us, the presence of God with us. In this Christmas season, 
we have an extraordinary invitation to sit and visit with Jesus, to gaze into his face. On his behalf, I invite you to do some FaceTime with him. He is present. The Lord takes delight in his people, says Psalm 149. Delight is a divine gift. Delight is also a spiritual practice. Delight is one of the greatest things about Christmas. Take away the materialism, the competition, and the worldly definitions of success, and what you have left is pure delight. Delight in family, friends, food, music, gift-giving and receiving, and above all, the delight God has for his children. As I recall Christmases long past, I see my grandmother taking delight in cooking and decorating her house and, of course, giving gifts to her grandchildren. She found great delight in her extended family. I also remember the great delight I felt when I tasted my mother's fudge and pumpkin pie. Every year since, the delight in tasting those delectable desserts signals for me that Christmas is here. And if you were here last week, you got to witness and even participate in one of the greatest delights of Christmas. I think we'd all agree that the greatest delight was just being in the same room with children in white robes, singing and dancing, you are the light, light, light of the world. Are there sorrows in this life? Yes. Life is often cruel and unfair. But the fact that we have sorrow even at the same time that we have delight does not mean that it is somehow better to skip the delight. Delight is a gift. It is a foretaste of eternity when heaven will come to earth to stay. So let's not miss it, even in the midst of trouble. It is not holy or heroic to find flaws in our Christmas delight, or in any other delight for that matter. Heaven's delight came in the form of a child born in the midst of evil and sorrow. The trouble is real, but so is the delight, and the delight will endure. Children dancing and singing to the light of the world, they revel in the delight of their families, their friends, and their God. In the moment, they are unconscious of their flaws, oblivious to any coming sorrow, and caught up in the joy of just being kids. No wonder Jesus said, you must become as a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Psalm 149 says, To sing to the Lord a new song. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. I have missed my church family. It's good to be home. So you really imagine that going home is going to be like a Hallmark movie? <clears throat> that all your troubles going to be resolved in 87 minutes? I don't mean to diss Christmas, but going home can be the last place we want to be. It can be uneasy, it can be uncomfortable. Home dynamics can heighten discomfort, disappointment dis-ease, disruption, disquiet, discord, disagreement, disrespect, and even for me, dissiness. Yes, I agree with Pastor Mike. Delight is good to affirm. However, being surrounded by joy can shine a spotlight on our personal sorrow. Calls for generosity can raise awareness of our own loss. So we can dread showing up without our loved one, without the proposal, without the promotion, without that coveted residency match. There are step-parents that we will endure and questions we fear to hear. Isabel will probably ask us once again if we've started currency trading. And Tanta Sestiawati will want to know who we're dating and if we're pregnant or if we got hired or accepted into grad school. Will Cousin Seth ever shut up? And will Sister Rachel ever speak to me again? Discomfort can come home with them, and it can show up in our own heads. Up there, we feel insecure, failure, fear, guilt, self-recrimination. We want more attention. We want to think we're invisible. There's so much unspoken judgment. How are we ever going to cope? Tragically, it's far too easy to medicate, to binge on movies, ice cream, potato chips. This is the realm of addictions, whatever it takes to forget. But in our effort, effort to bury the pain, we forget the very best. It is Isaiah's voice that rings loudly during this natal season. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. While we feel discomfort, we will choose to be present. We choose to love because he first loved us. We forgive as we have been forgiven. 
And when we show up, by faith we will leave at the door self-recrimination, resentment, our need to control, and unmet expectations. And by faith we bring with us full forgiveness, a gentle humor, clear boundaries, overflowing grace. Don't wait for the discomfort to disappear before you come home. Come home because God with us is already here. Let him meet our discomfort with Isaiah's prophecy. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, Yahweh has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for Yahweh. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys. Level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of Yahweh will be revealed and all people will see it together. Yahweh has spoken. The gift that I would like to share with you today is the gift of celebration. So I was 10 years old when I first um, had my first Christmas here in the United States. And my family had come all the way from Spain. It was just the four of us, my mom, my dad, my brother, and me. And we didn't speak English. Uh, my dad was the only one with a job. We were staying in student housing. So imagine the tight space that we were living in, um, just the four of us. But that Christmas, that first Christmas, was also really special because we found reasons to celebrate, and the first being we had each other. So that Christmas Eve, my dad planned a night of villancicos, which is like Spanish Christmas carols, but the Spanish version is definitely better. You should look them up. They're incredible, and it kind of turns into a show, too. We grab guitars, and it's, it's a whole thing, so it's really fun. And of course, we had tapas for dinner, and we sat in the living room together, reflecting on being together and the gift of Jesus that Christmas and just having a reason to celebrate the simple things. While I welcome you today to find something or find someone in your life to celebrate, I'm also aware that there are people struggling to find joy and um, maybe celebration could be a triggering word for some people this Christmas. And there is space for those emotions and feelings here in God's presence and this morning with your church family. But if today you need a reason to celebrate, a reason to laugh, to cry happy tears, to sing, to dance, to worship with your whole self, I encourage you to celebrate life the life of a newborn baby stepping into humanity and into your home and all of our homes this Christmas. You are his reason to celebrate today. So how do you want to celebrate him this Christmas? For me, 
Christmas looks like what Pastor Linda shared earlier, a mess sometimes, right? But something that I love is worship, and it allows me to celebrate the things that I love, my friends, my family, and my Jesus all together. So I want to share with you one of my favorite passages in the Bible that talks about praise and celebration. And it's pretty messy, but it's also really special. It's taken from Psalm 150, 1 through 6, and it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows, like sea, billows roll. Whatever my lot, God, you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. These are the words of a successful lawyer and businessman from Chicago who had lost four of his children to a shipwreck. One more afterward and a financial loss. A man who's clearly experienced deep pain in his circumstances but has the courage to say, whatever it is, Lord, it is well with my soul. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. I don't need anything personally, for I've learned to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I found the recipe for being happy, whether I'm full or hungry, whether my hands are full or empty, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. These are the words of a bound prisoner, a man restricted in his circumstances, but yet content still, no matter what. A man whose entire being is dependent upon God rather than himself or on any human help. Contrary to the favored belief of the Stoics at the time that says you can be content by detaching yourself away from your circumstances and find all the resources that you need within yourself. Paul says, no. True contentment is only possible when we're willing to trust in God and surrender everything to him. So we welcome you home with a real talk. What makes us really discontent? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, verse 5, it's our covetousness that we're always and constantly found wanting, desiring more and more and more. And if we're really honest, at least to me, it's the comparison that kills, right? Constant look at 
someone else. I'm like, man, I wish I can preach better like that person. Man, I wish I can sing like that person. I wish I can have that Tesla. I wish I can have that car. If we're really honest, the list goes on and on. I wish I had better friends. I wish I had better parents. I wish I had better children. I wish I had better pastors. I'm sorry, you're stuck with us. But Christians are not exempt from this FOMO, in case you're wondering what that is, fear of missing out, even in the spiritual things. How can we be content as humans? My friends, if you got your eyes fixed on the earthly things, it will be an ev- a never-ending pursuit. The Old Testament reminds us that being content really has to do more with our willingness to accept God's guidance and our readiness for obedience. Father, if you are willing, please let this cup pass from me. Yet not of my will, but yours be done. These are the words of our Savior, our Redeemer. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking a form of a human, of a servant. Born in the likeness of men, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I have this thing in our house called a thermostat where you can turn up and down depending whether you feel cold or hot. You can change the climate that is in your home. That is to be distinguished differently from that of a thermometer that simply reads the temperature of the context and the circumstances around us. Question is, are we a thermostat? that changes the climate and the environment that we're in? Or are we a thermometer who simply take in everything that our circumstances are shaping or all around us? My hope and my prayer for all of us is that we would find this place a home, a home where you belong a home where you can be who you are, even in all of our covetousness. A place, though, where God's presence, presence, not the one with the TS, where he can be felt and experienced. And we can learn to be content together in all things by trusting in God and surrendering to him. I have some books on my shelf that maybe you have. Perhaps if you have someone in your family that loves to keep the family stories, keeps the family history, or is into (laughs) Ancestry.com, some of those options. But I have these books on my shelf. One of my dad's relatives loves that stuff. And so he has, there's pages and pages of this person connected to this person, to this person, to all of the history. And it's a treasure on that side of the family.
And yet, you know what I find? There are people that are family to me that aren't in that book. Maybe you have the same. Are there people that are family to you that you might not be related to, but oh, they're family? Do you have anyone like that in your life? You see, there's this power in the scriptures and in especially becoming children of God. This word from the scripture speaks to me. Romans 12, 5, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Then there's Ephesians 2, 19 that says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God's people and also members of God's household. Your family. How do you feel when someone says that to you? Your family. Turn to your neighbor and just say, your family. Your family. You see more than the, the DNA in your body. We are connected because we belong to each other. Because we belong to God. We belong and so we become family. This roots us and grounds us. That's why we look these things up. That's why we have these sites that we do. That's why we spit in something and get full reports about who we might be connected to. It's because we want to know who we are and where we're going. And so this depth of identity that comes from belonging to Christ is the ultimate of what forms us and roots us. But for some of us, the word family is complicated. It brings up what we long for or what we lost or some other brokenness. Our own family stories can sometimes bring up pain whether they're known or unknown to us. Public service announcement, in case you missed it, from our pastoral team you can feel more than one feeling at once. You can feel two things at the same time. It's possible to feel overwhelming grief because someone is not with you this Christmas and to feel so caught up in joy at the very same time. It is possible to feel deep gratitude and also pain for something that you long for. So we invite you this Christmas to welcome home the whole of the experience, the whole experience to what it means to be family. And I leave you with three C's, and I want you to remember these three C's, choice, connection, and curiosity when it comes to your relationship to family this year. First of all, choice. You have a choice. Those you are connected with those you choose to invest with, even if they're related to you, it takes choice to be in relationship. But church family and friend family, those are just as valid and significant. You can choose how you show up. Let's choose with our chosen family or with our families to show up and be present with where we are. Number two, connection. We are all connected. What affects one affects the other. We have needs around us, and it's easy to get overwhelmed and to think it doesn't matter, but when you gift jackets and blankets, someone is warmer because of what you gave. When you call someone, 
they feel less alone. When you drop off bread and cookies at someone's door, they know they were thought of and cared for. Martin Luther King Jr. said, in a real sense, all life is interrelated. All humans are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all the others indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. You can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is an interrelated structure of reality. How you choose to show up with truth, with justice, with love, and with compassion, it changes things for all of us. But it's really easy to forget and to think it doesn't matter, but we are connected. You catching someone's eye at your family meal and following up with I care, it doesn't seem like you're quite all right. It's fine, really, everything's fine, we can say. But catching up with that person and saying, it doesn't seem like it is. I'm here. It matters. I was reminded of this connection. There was a six-year-old dying of cancer in northern Germany. And he wanted to see motorcyclists pass by his house. So his family put it out on social media. And they were wishing to find 20, maybe 30 motorcyclists that could drive by their house so their little boy could see them before he died. Almost 20,000 bikers from Germany and from neighboring countries drove by his house all day. He got to watch biker after biker after biker drive by. Isn't that amazing? Every person was just one motorcycle showing up. Did it matter? Yeah, because all together, that little boy and his family felt loved, and they felt connected. They felt that people cared even as their son was dying. Your actions matter. Remember, we are connected. Choice, connection, curiosity. If you find yourself stuck in patterns, sometimes positive, sometimes challenging, get curious. Get curious, why do I feel this? Why do I respond this way? Why do they? What are we even doing anyway? Do we just repeat this every year? What are we doing? How could it be different even with one person in your family? Perhaps not the whole picture, but get curious about how it could be different with just one. Curiosity can help us to connect with what might really be going on. So today, we welcomed you home to the mess. It still remains, it's lovely. The mess, the presence, the delight, the discomfort, the celebration, the contentment. And we welcome you home to family, hoping that as we do, we can redefine even now what that means by our choice, by our connection, by getting curious. Welcome home in the fullest sense of all that means. This Christmas, we welcome you home with the gift of grace, especially in the messiness of Christmas. 
And we welcome you home to receive the gift of presence. We welcome you home to God's delight in you. Bring your discomfort, and we welcome you home to the Prince of Peace. Thank you. We welcome you to the gift of celebration this Christmas. We welcome you home to himself, Jesus Christ, where we can be safe and learn contentment together. We welcome you home to the gift of hope. We welcome you home to the gift of the promise. And we welcome you home to the gift of family. From our hearts, you are our family, and we love you. May God bless you richly this season with all that Jesus brings. Amen. <laughs>